The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. This episode is powered by DEN Certifications. You want to deepen your practice or supplement your knowledge for your day-to-day job? You'd be surprised to know how many certifications we do offer. All levels of Reiki, intuitive healing, compassion, animal communications, and of course, our deep 400-hour meditation teacher training program. Go to denmeditation.com and look under certifications for more information. Welcome back to Den Talks Podcast. Thanks for listening. This is Tal. I am your host, and I am the founder of Den Meditation. We've got a really cool guest on today. Her name is Amy Duncan, and she is the founder of Moellens. It's a conscious CBD wellness company. I know a lot of people are confused about CBD, though some of you probably are already taking it, but it's everywhere now, whether it be facials or we have sound baths or people just are like, should I be taking it? Is it pot? Is it weed? Does it get me high? She answers all of these questions. What's cool about her company is, and her herself, is she's all about wellness. So she really does give you advice on how you can incorporate CBD, every single person can, on a daily basis and how it's a great launching pad for wellness in general. You know, she's also an entrepreneur, so we talk a lot about that. She has really cool advice. She's all about execution and she has some crazy shit happening in her personal life as well. So there is something for everyone in this episode, but especially if you're curious about CBD, the benefits, why, what it's about, what the differences are, please listen to this episode. And we are doing a giveaway and her products are amazing. So stay tuned for all that information as well. I hope you like it. I'm here with Amy Duncan today, and I'm so excited. She is the founder of Moellens, a conscious CBD wellness company. And I have so many questions, and I can't wait to get into it because I still feel like people, it needs to be demystified a little bit. CBD scares people. So we will get into like the details and what it actually is and the benefits. But I kind of want to start with the fact, like you're this awesome woman. You're from St. Louis, but yet you founded a, you know, a very successful CBD wellness brand I can't imagine this was on your like things I want to be when I grow up list. <laughs> yeah, I, I would say you're right. Right. Um, so like how like how did you what did you want to be growing up? Like how did you get here? Yeah, it's crazy if you look back at the journey because you start off with something that is like this vision or dream of creating um, your life or your career, you know, yep. and then at a very macro level, it it very much aligns with what I do now. Um you know, I've always, that way. yeah, I've always had this um, knack for simplifying very complex topics. Huh. So I wanted to be a pharmacist originally, and, and you so, kind of are. Yeah, <laughs> it, it, it did tie back in. Um, always healthcare, always science, balanced with like branding and marketing and design, and. Um, Originally wanted to be a pharmacist, and when I didn't get in pharmacy school, I ended up becoming um, being in sales in medical device sales. So I sold physiological patient monitors throughout the hospitals and healthcare systems in the Midwest. And I was like my foot in the door in the healthcare industry, and really studied it on the business side from there. And then um, moved out to California, ran a genetics laboratory, took went through a full cool. rebranding, yeah, marketing campaigns, and um, beautifully different. We called the campaign, so we really showcased like the individuality and um, different ethnicities and cultures and all of that in the campaigns. It was amazing. And what were you doing? Like when you say you work for a genetics lab, like what? What were you doing? Well, I came on board as the director of sales and marketing. So um, we had a large sales team throughout the country, and we did pharmacogenetic testing, which was basically looking at how you metabolize medications. Oh, cool. So we, um, with just swabbing the inside of your cheek, you gathered the DNA. The cheek cells had the DNA, and then we took it back to the lab and extracted the DNA and looked at whether you were a poor or rapid metabolizer of certain medications. And how, what did you find? Like, how individual-based is it? Like, is it... Very much so. So you could then tell whether you should or shouldn't be taking a medication or whether you could potentially have an adverse reaction. I was going to say, could this be saving people's lives? Definitely. Because I could imagine there's so many times you get a basic medication and it just doesn't do its job. 
the the challenging part was to get that approved by insurance. And so for a little while, it ran through Medicare, Medicaid, and through, through private payers just fine. Right. And then, um, you know, as soon as it's a new innovation and insurance companies start picking up on it, it gets more and more challenging to get it covered. So... That's the healthcare system, and that was start of the start of my angst towards the healthcare system. Right. Um, so then we did that type of testing, and we also did hereditary cancer testing. We did non-invasive prenatal testing, so looking at like Down syndrome and Tay-Sachs and different um, abnormalities in the in in the baby in utero. Yeah, and then what an interesting job. Yeah, it was just very complicated, you know, and. But very interesting at the same time. And it overlapped in my personal life. Um, my husband had a brain tumor a year after we were married. Oy. And his mom had a brain tumor a year prior. So I was very interested in like genetic links and, and germline mutations running in the family. So that's how, I, I mean, my life has been in constant state of flow, I feel, since my career started. And he's, he was okay. Yeah, he was okay. Um, so diagnosed a year after we were married, then cleaned for four years. And then in 2016, it came back. So, yeah, it's been a battle ever since. I am sorry. It's okay. So how much of of CBD and stuff actually was inspired through that? Well, um, the company started and, like, the focus on CBD started in 2016 when I was at the lab, and we were looking at becoming a cannabis testing lab, so looking at adding another service line. And so I really started diving into the plant more from just a straight career perspective in the summer of 16. Um, became very passionate after finding out that pesticides and solvents were still present in the products and just seeing the ingredients in the products on the shelf and so just learned about the industry from a deep science perspective, but also like doing my due diligence in the industry and figuring out, you know, are dispensaries going to carry CBD products or can you buy them online and what's the Amazon products and all of that. Like right. really navigating the industry. And then in October of 16, that's when the brain tumor came back. So when it returned, then I had all this knowledge of the space. And up until that point, you know, you're... I guess you should have been, or we should have been looking more at a proactive approach, but he ate extremely clean and healthy and no processed anything, no sugars, no alcohol. Um, we hadn't drank in eight years. I didn't drink because he didn't drink. And, right. Um, so it wasn't really like cannabis or marijuana or hemp, whether, you know, either of the two, they weren't really on our radar. And then when the brain tumor returned, it was like, we need every holistic alternative therapy that's out there, and we're just going to keep piling those on. So that's when cannabis and CBD was really something that we added more for, like, Like, energy, personal life, too. Yeah, stress and seizures and things like that. And you started seeing the results? Yeah, I mean, initially, yes. Um, you know, when you're layering on chemos and other pharmaceuticals, it's hard to know what's working. And so... My husband always went to more of a traditional healthcare approach, very much like falling into Western medicine, listening to the doctor. And I, you know, meet that with like, you know, is that frustrating nails for on you? a chalkboard? Yeah. So yeah, it was very frustrating. And I think anytime you have family members, friend, really close friends, and you're doing something that you're passionate about, it's almost harder to get those people on board than it is like someone stranger. that's just random, you know. So, yeah. so how did you grasp? How did you deal with that? Because this is also someone you love immensely. So even though it's happening to him, it's also happening to you. Yeah. So how do you do that dance of treat? Like you know, you have a different way of approaching it and looking at it. I mean, you're definitely right in that it is a dance. There's a lot of resentment that goes into battling a brain tumor as a couple for seven years yeah and when it comes back for a second time I think it just it created a lot of fear in our relationship and a lot of anger and frustration and then something that was my livelihood it was like you need to do this you know and trying to juggle convincing someone that it's good for them without having them read through scientific papers and all of that right it was very very hard um, to be honest, I think it became so challenging that 
I kind of just let up at some point and I can only do so much. Absolutely. And, you know, you can, can't force people right. to do stuff as much as we all wish we could. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. Right. Wouldn't that make everyone's life easier? Mm-hmm. Um, so talk about you said that you've always had this knack for taking really complex ideas and making them simple. Talk about like as a child what that means. Like, do you remember things like as a kid that were just weird that you're like, I got that? I mean, I used to build model cars with my dad. Like That's from, impressive. Like every piece of the engine, I would paint it with a paintbrush and super glue the pieces together. I had three sisters, so we weren't doing things like, you know, things that my dad loved to do, like building things. And I guess I was more of like the analytical, complex-minded daughter that right. could put together a model car. And then I, you know, then I had these... It was almost like you took these very small individual pieces and you built something and then you built something, you know, on top of that. So, And so that was just always a thing for you. Always a thing, yeah. So when you, like, when you started this company, what was, like, your parents, they were more traditional background, correct? Like, yeah, 100%. They were like, oh, my gosh, you're going into the cannabis industry? Like, for them, did they just think you were just being a total hippie and weird? Like uh, More so, like, dangerous. Interesting. You know, they they were like, this is not safe. You're going to get arrested. You're going to get arrested. You may get killed. Like, and not going to They thought you were going to be, I like, mean, a Colombian drug dealer. Absolutely. <laughs> and they're Midwest, so they're already very straight-laced and traditional, like you said. Right. So, yeah, it was definitely against the grain once again. And what about your husband? What did he think? He got it more because he was part of the journey or was it weird for him too you know he is more of a traditional guy a Taurus, so likes that rooted you know routine and um he didn't really understand why i would leave a very stable successful role running the lab to start my own thing but it was something that i did quite frequently and it, looking back at my life i just take these leaps so when else did you take those leaps mm. Well, when I moved out to California, you know, it was a year after he was diagnosed with a brain tumor. And I said, if you're clean for a year, we're getting out of the cold. And, you know, when you're in the middle of fighting cancer and you're, you know, looking at something, something to look forward to, I I created that as our something to look forward to, you know. And then it happened and we were out in California. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. So talk about that. You've always been someone who can take a leap. Like... What does fear enter? Like, are you someone who processes fear? Or are you someone who doesn't feel fear often? I would say I don't feel fear very often. Um, I operate from a place of deep intuition, and it creates the ability to make a decision that is, in some people's lives, an extremely challenging decision or one that they will never make. Um, I let those monster decisions kind of sit in and wait for the voice in the silence to say yes or no. So talk about like, so when you were deciding to leave a very steady and great job to start a company, Mm -hmm. talk about how long did you have to sit in it? Like when did the idea pop in your head? How long was the idea in your head before you actually started taking it seriously? Talk a little bit about the process for you then, even with considering the intuition. Yeah. I mean, I've wanted to have my own company and had this entrepreneurial spirit for a long time, like years. Um, but it wasn't something that I, I, I don't like the gray area of indecision. Um, it's either black or white for me. So although I wanted to be an entrepreneur and wanted to own my own company for, you know, five years, as soon as I started getting traction in my career, I was like, you know, I really think I could build something and own something and be something in the entrepreneurial world. Um, I would say that in 2016, that year, I could just feel things brewing inside of me after running the lab for three years that I knew that cannabis and the movement I was feeling in cannabis was going to be the direction I would take. Um, And then the sign came, there were a few signs of like negativity, I would say, that were obstacles in my, in that journey. And rather than seeing them as something like that would be frustrating and really kind of um, stir up resentment towards what I was doing, I took it as, you know, that's a sign that maybe I should start looking somewhere else. And then when the brain tumor came back, which was October, there was about a three-week period where I said, 
Amy, you've wanted to do something for five years or however long to be to have your own company. You've been studying something and you're very passionate about something. You just had a sign that turned your life up, upside down for the second time. You have saved a lot of money and you have the finances to do something with it on your own. And then I asked myself, do you want to do, do I want to double down on myself or do I want to keep working for somebody? And I kind of let that sit over like a two to three week window. And then it was very cut and dry. And I said, I'm going to walk away. And I text the CEO and I said, can we go to lunch? And he said, yeah. And we sat down at lunch and I said, I'm leaving. Oh, my God. And I mean, I was financially, that was a position I could have had for ever. 30 years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And did you ever look back? No, I don't do that. <laughs> what does that mean that you just don't? You just never... I just don't. I mean, I feel like... I don't when, do that either, really, actually, if I think about it. No, I feel there's no like point. <laughs> looking back is when the guilt, the shame starts coming in. You start second-guessing things. I have realized that I have hmm. a tough relationship with memories um, because I live very much in like this narrow window of present and a little bit future. So what do you feel like your relationship with memories are? I mean, you have them. There's a lot of pain in my memories. Um, so when I extract a good moment, um, a very positive memory, I, it almost breaks me down into tears. It's not necessarily the pain that brings me down to tears. It's the good moments that like, I'm grateful that I pulled out that memory. Do you, and do you say you have a lot of pain in memories because just a lot of shit has happened? Yeah, I mean, married for eight years and a year in, it was just, uh, you know, turned into a nightmare. I can't imagine. And that, I don't wish that on anybody. Do you, it sounds like it's really made you really strong though. Yeah, I'm very grateful for the person that it's made me. 100%. I mean, I wake up every day. I live every day of my life just loving every minute. And do you feel like that was a definite switch because of the circumstances? 100%. I mean, I would, I just found myself like looking back if who I was before that happened, I'd be open with complaining. Interesting. You know, I mean, it com I would talk about like problems and challenges and complaints that I had in my life and you hear people say nowadays they're like and not every day is good you know we're a, it's okay to talk about the bad in your life or to be upset about something and that's true 100% that's true but I tend to do the like reprogramming and the releasing of negativity in my own time maybe that's because I'm an introvert but I also believe that when I am speaking those complaints and that those words are almost spells. I see them as like a spell, right? I, I get that. I feel that a little bit sometimes too. It's like you're adding a layer that yeah. you don't necessarily have to have. But for instance, then do you process your sadness and your frustration? I mean, it's clear you're being honest yeah. that it's been difficult. Do you, and you process it though? Yeah, I definitely, I mean, I have my own times where I break down and, you know, I cry in my own time and I meditate and, you know, put on something that I can just release to. Um, yeah, and I've gone and met with therapists and counselor, cancer counselors that have helped me through some of the more challenging moments where I question, like, is living two lives okay? You know, I have a husband who's very sad at home, and then I have a business that's thriving. Right. Is that okay? And, you know, so working through some of those types of things. I mean, that's such an interesting question. Do you feel guilt about that? I used to feel a lot of guilt about that. And then when I started talking to someone, I was better. Um, and How did I really, you reconcile it for yourself? I just started telling myself that it's okay, that I'm my own individual and I deserve in this life to be happy and there's no reason why I can't be happy. I mean, I should feel Absolutely. joy, you know? And what is your tolerance for people around you that might be complaining? <laughs> <laughs> That's a good question. <laughs> I'm serious. Um, I have a ton of empathy, so it's not that I don't want to hear it or that I, you know, just cut people off, but I am very selective about you know, who I spend my time with and who I give energy to. And 
Um, I think everyone is deserving of a listening ear. So I, I yeah, I guess. But I could imagine sometimes it's hard. Like you said, it you're selective hard. about it. So if it's at a certain point, <laughs> might you not hang out with someone for a while if you're like, all they do is complain? Yeah, 100%. I like people who are very positive and, and genuinely positive. Like they see there is the a difference. good in things. And there yeah. is a difference of genuinely positive and people who are just doing what you're saying, like everything should be positive, like life's good, and but they're not feeling it. You can yeah. you can smell that a mile away. 100%. That's almost worse to me. I'd almost rather be with the complainer. Yeah, because you can <laughs> tell that right under the surface they're really hurting. And, you know, I almost feel for them more than I do for the people who are just hurting because one lets it out and the other one just kind of covers it up and goes. Yeah, when you're not in touch with it, it's it's a little scary mm-hmm. and hard, like yeah. really hard because then you just don't even, like you were saying, you know you, when your moments are, you know when you need your time, yeah. you know what to do. If you were just always pretending, nothing bothers me, I can handle this, life is hard, but I got it. It's like that would can be dangerous actually. Yeah, I think just having a deep gratitude for life here on earth and like, that changes your perspective of everything, whether you've been through something really challenging or not. Like turning to gratitude and really appreciating what we have and what we do every day. Had you had like a a challenging life up until that or did this relationship really kind of... No, I I didn't have a challenging life. My life was great, you know? I have three sisters, great family, parents married for like... My mom would kill me, but like 39 years, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) But my family, they're amazing. My life in Missouri, but I always knew I wanted to get out. You know, I needed to explore. I needed to do. And I knew that I was going to have to create that. So So you're a creator. I love creating. I love building things. I mean, and there's nothing more that's creative and building as doing a business. I mean, I came from a creative world, and people always say, like, do you miss the creative. And I'm like, and I love the creative of my old job. It was working with writers and actors and scripts and stories. And I mean, I could talk when I could get into like a rhythm with a writer and really talk about what something should be. Nothing was more exciting for me. So people are always shocked. They're like, do you miss that? I'm like, oh, I'm creative every day. Yeah. It might look slightly different. It might not be in the obvious thing that people call creative. I'm like, but you can't have a business and not be creative. It's impossible. Yeah. Like it only exists the more you envision it growing and changing. You just have the freedom to do whatever you want. Yeah. No one's telling you which way to go. Yeah. Which is very, it fuels the adrenaline for me. Yeah. It's funny you say that for me too. I actually said, I don't think I could have, I don't think I personally would have started a business if it wasn't in an industry that kind of didn't exist yet (laughs) because I wouldn't, I don't do well playing in rules. Not that I'm like a total, uh, you know, fuck you. It's more like (laughs) if I'm going to create like to be boxed in right away, there's just, it's waste. I wouldn't do it. Mm -hmm. So I think that's part of the reason I pulled the trigger to do this. Like subconsciously, I don't think I was realized I did it only in hindsight. I'm like, Oh, it makes sense because I've had ideas. I've just never considered doing anything and why this. And I think part of it was because I felt it so much, but also there was a freedom in what it could be. Yeah. Yeah. So. I mean, in, and if you think you, maybe you had ideas prior to the den to start something else. Thanks. I'm just saying. Yeah. And, and like maybe you even <laughs> put out. together the plan, right? Like I had probably no, I three or four then. things. Oh, really? <laughs> I used to cut the, I used to cut, like remember control top pantyhose? Yeah. I used to cut off the pantyhose and just do the control top. That's how she started. I'm sure. And I'm sure many people, that's what you also learn is like, it's out there in the ether. We all think we're like geniuses, but it really is all out there. No one has like quite a unique idea. It's like who has the, who, who has the ability to actually act on it is really more the thing. So I, I always used to joke like, oh yeah, that idea. But I know there's probably so many of us doing that. But I used to joke, I'm like, I was kind of annoyed when it started. I'm like, just cut off the bottom. What the fuck? Why are you charging people for this? And then I was like, all right, I got to like, my hat's off to her. I mean, kind of amazing. She did it on her own too. Yeah, incredible. But go ahead. Sorry, you were talking about. No, I just, I think that when you have the freedom to create, like every day that we're doing it, you know, every single day and we can take it in whatever direction we want. And I agree. I think. I I sometimes ask myself, what if I didn't get in a space that was blossoming like it was, you know, and it was a product that wasn't CBD and it wasn't, you know, cannabis related and the industry wasn't moving like it is. Um, Would I still 
be having as much fun as I am. I don't know. You but don't I know? think so. Yeah, you seem like you just get excited about watching the blocks. Even I build. love the journey. Yeah. Every step of it. Which is good because anyone who's ever thinking about starting a company, like it is a journey and there's yeah. there's ups and there's downs and like things you think are gonna be like the most perfect solution or the worst I I mean it's like, you know, mm-hmm. you put an idea out there, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't, and you have to be excited about how it gets from one place to another because you have to be willing to like move left and move right. Yeah, I used to not want to talk about my ideas for two reasons. One would be that some people get fulfillment out of just sharing the idea and like that's their that's their idea of like success or it may, gives them that rewarding feeling and then they don't feel the need to like actually execute on it. Um, so I used to not talk about my ideas for that reason. And so I am still very cognizant of that. And I don't necessarily share every detail about what I'm working on. Um, just because psychologically way. that is fulfilling the need to actually create it. Wait, I am the same way. I always, for me, it comes a little bit from a place of, I feel like it's bullshit until I do it. So yeah. I'm not a talker. Like, I'm not a bullshitter. I mean, I have bullshitted, but, like, I'm not inherently a bullshitter. <laughs> so it's like, but you know what I mean? So Same. it's like, right, so it's like, even this, I didn't tell anyone about this. I mean, just my boyfriend knew. Like, I didn't tell anyone about this until I had the space because now I'm like, okay, well, now it's real. I, I got to actually make this happen because yeah. I'm paying rent. Yeah. So that's when I started telling people. And people yeah. were like, what? I, and I'm just like, yeah. They're like, why didn't you say anything? Obviously, you've been noodling this. I'm like, because it wasn't, it's not real until it's real. I also, look, we're also in LA, which is uh, people like to talk a lot. Yeah. So, and I'm just not like that. But that's so yeah. funny that you say that. Yeah. And I think too, part of it is, it is a, like a buried fear. Like we're not feeling that fear, but that's how we Failure bury before it. you start. Yeah. So then the second reason why I don't necessarily talk about the ideas is because um, I realized actually that sharing the idea, I wasn't concerned with sharing the idea because the power isn't in the idea. It's the ability to execute on the idea. And that's where, that's what differentiates whether you can actually become an entrepreneur or you can't. It is Can you so, execute on those small steps? You know, we've been talking so much lately about like the fire. Have you watched the fire documentaries? Either one of yes. them. So it's like Nicole's here too. We were literally just talking about it, but we were talking about it the other day too. That's that's like the opposite way of doing it. It's like, I have this amazing idea and I'm going to talk, 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 talk about it and get everyone so excited about it, but I'm actually not going to do any of the shit it takes to execute the right. idea. I mean, and to see the, the lack of like preparation and the incremental milestones that were to come together for that to be a success. I'm like, um, where are the women planners? I mean, (laughs) I mean, it's so funny. I mean, that's my favorite part in both documentaries. It doesn't matter. And it's two different people. They're like, so I was brought in and one person (laughs) says you need minimum a year to plan an event like that. And that's usually an event that exists. And on the other doc, it was like, you need a minimum of 18 months to plan. <laughs> and they're like, it was three. I know. It's so funny. But Crazy. it is it is what you're talking about. It's the ability to actually execute. People have ideas all the time. It's what we were saying. It's And this is actually a good thing for people who are listening who are this. It's like, think about the execution. What does it mean? Like when I had this idea too and I wasn't ready to fully commit, I was always noodling like, what do I need to know? What things do I already know? What, what do I need? Like, what do I, where do I need to get to? And what are the steps to get to that place? And in those steps, these are the things I have to ask questions on. Like I had all those maps and to do's and I would start like doing some of them just to like, mm-hmm. I have no clue how to do this. So let me start figuring this out or these things would have to be in place. So let me backtrack and do that. Like you have to be it's producer. An, You're producing. Yeah. I mean, it's an all encompassing strategic mind. Yes. And it's always moving. Always moving. So many parts. And the strategy changes a lot. So yeah. it has to move. But this, I love it. This is so fun. So let's talk about CBD. So in your world too, like how do you use CBD? So, and when did you start? Like, did you start because of your husband or because of your company that was already starting to kind of dive into it? Not your company, the company you were working for. So I started in 2016. As soon as I knew how to test for clean cannabis and hemp in particular, um, I started like making tinctures and figuring out, you know, different types of cannabinoid and terpene profiles and what I liked and what I didn't like. And then I started playing around with nano blending 
And so breaking down the cannabinoid, the cannabidiol molecule, and actually seeing how much that increased the effectiveness of it. So what does that mean, breaking down the cannabinoid molecule? Um, so if you have a normal like CBD molecule size, it can't necessarily get absorbed into our bodies like a broken down nanoparticle can. Just the size of the molecule itself and the way it interacts with the body, one gets absorbed very well and the other one gets absorbed mm, okay. And so I started playing around with that. And then... Um, I mean, what's fun about the things you were saying before you got to how you were using it, like how you were saying between the cannabinoids and terpenes, how do you say it? Terpenes. Terpenes, I always say it wrong. There is like, it's almost like people who blend perfume in some ways. Yeah. Right? I mean, there's scents, how it reacts, things it produces. There's a lot of fun actually to be had in what you're creating, correct? Absolutely. Yeah. um, So actually our fragrance alchemist and... Um, one of the formulation scientists, she travels around the world sourcing natural botanicals, resins. She looks for trees and flowers and, you know, all kinds of just plant materials that we can use in the products. And, yeah, I mean, from terpenes, which are like the aromatics, the flavonoids of the of the um, plant, you're looking at like the different notes and how they interact with the CBD or the full spectrum hemp extract and you know, what you can get in terms of both the uh, flavor profile and a scent profile and then the effectiveness of it. It's so cool. Explain really quickly to people too. So cannabis is the plant mm-hmm. um, and there's, you know, explain like how the hemp and the marijuana are slightly, just so people understand the difference. Yeah, the only difference between hemp and marijuana is the level of THC. So hemp has below 0.3% THC in the product and then marijuana has above 0.3% THC and THC is what gets you high. And so talk about that. Why are people staying away? So THC is more of like... THC is going... It's a, it's a cannabinoid, just like CBD is a cannabinoid. However, THC gets you high. It has those psychoactive properties. So if a product is in a dispensary, it's a marijuana product. If it's not in a dispensary, it's a hemp product. And so the difference of just breaking it down is you won't get high off of these, but it has all the healing properties that people traditionally like from cannabis yeah i mean in terms of the effectiveness and what people feel when they take cbd it's more so just like a calming focused productive energy really taking the edge off allowing you to just handle more in your day um and just gives you this calm mindset it's almost like meditation in a bottle (laughs) i love that (laughs) i love it do you meditate and take it yeah, I mean, you, definitely it's a great pairing. We do some CBD sound baths here. Yeah, it's amazing. Once a month, yeah. And you do it. So, And then talk about how you use it. Yeah, so I love the Inner Peace product that we make. It's um, a nano-bunded product, and just a few drops in water is a great... I, I did it in my tea last night. Did you? And I was saying how, and I tend to, I'm a pretty calm person, even though I'm sure my husband listening to this is like, mm, no, she's not. Um, and, <laughs> and so I... I and then I, I got a massage right afterwards. And it was very, like, it was, like, a lot of deep work. Like, the person doing me was, like, <laughs> you can do it. Like, it was, and I, and I, this person has, like, done my pack a bunch. It was gnarly. And I remember not, it not bothering me that much, weirdly. And a part of me was like, oh, I bet you that yeah. was actually the inner piece because I could kind of, I joked, I was actually, like, seeing rainbows every time, like, the elbow went in instead yeah. of being, like, <laughs> instead of being, like, it was more like I could actually breathe really peacefully through it. Did you get mushrooms or CBD? Yeah, this was inner peace, right? I know, oh, right? It was CBD. Oh, and then the mushrooms on the side. <laughs> no, no, no. Um, but I, my point is, like, it was really, I was weirdly um, able to breathe so easily through it, which should have been actually a kind of tough experience. Yeah. I mean, we have receptors with the the endocannabinoid system on our skin. So CBD is great for the skin as well. Um, We just launched with Heyday, a CBD facial. So they use it on the skin. Oh, that's great. The zen and the tension that is released in our bodies when we take CBD and when we apply it. I mean, it's real. You feel it. And so you... What's your regimen? What do you? How do you use it? Do you use it daily? I do. I use it daily as a skincare regimen. So I use a topical oil called. What does One it do Pearl. for your? What does it do for like your it's face? It's just and like. Stuff? Well, instead of using a primer before I put on any of my like tint and moisturizer or sunscreen, I put it on. So it's very hydrating. Like gives me this great glow. Oh, um, it is glowing. Thank you. 
Um, anti-aging in the sense that it's very high in antioxidants. (laughs) Yeah. It's really good. Really, really good for the skin. Very hydrating, increases the moisture content on the skin. Um, but also if you mix it with like another skincare product, that's maybe your favorite, just add a few drops. It's actually taking those actives deeper into the skin. So it's like an optimizer to your skincare regimen. That's amazing. Yeah. So it's really good in that sense. So I use it as like a primer the first thing when I wake up out of bed, just like incorporating it into the oils that are already on my skin, adding another CBD oil. And then, you know, when I have a lot of things going on in my day, I'll take a few drops and put it in a swig of water and just take it down. In the morning or throughout the day? Anytime. I mean, a lot of people ask whether, you know, do you take it in the morning? Do you take it at night? Is it going to make me tired? I wouldn't start with a lot, like start with a few drops and then figure out what works with your body. It shouldn't necessarily knock you out if you're, or make you tired unless you're taking a lot, (laughs) you know, but some people are very sensitive to it. So I would just start small and then just see what works for you. Yeah. I love it in a latte. I love, you know, any beverage. And so talk about like, so if someone who's like, well, I don't need CBD, like talk about in general why everybody, like for instance, your company, you say it's a conscious company yeah. and it's a wellness thing. So like in that sense, how is CBD part of a bigger idea of wellness, not just what people might still be pulling from the days of like getting high in a college dorm room? Yeah, I would say that um, just in general, the mission is to create pause and to introduce the ability when something comes your way to pause and if we can't do that naturally then cbd can help with that and i think if we introduce that into our lives that we are better people all around both to ourselves and our the judgment that we put on ourselves and the way that we operate at such a fast pace nowadays our attention span everything we can introduce a pause before we think act speak And I think it also helps in the way we communicate and relate to others. So if someone says, like, I don't need it, I'm super calm, and I have a pause, like, what are you like, no, there's still uses that it will actually benefit you in your day-to-day. Yeah, I would say, do you procrastinate on anything? And it helps with that, too. Yeah, absolutely. So stress, let's talk about some of the basics. Obviously, stress or pain management still, correct? Yeah, I mean, we don't talk about any of the true medical uh, claims. We don't make medical claims. We don't diagnose, treat, or cure. And so we stay out of the healthcare, (laughs) medical, drug, you know, world and very much in the wellness. So it helps with all the side effects of stress whether that's tension in our shoulders or, you know, increase in our breathing and or lack thereof. Um, and, and you don't just, realize what a shallow breather you are until you start paying attention. Yeah, It's absolutely. crazy. Um, and then I think just overall, it just it's bringing this calm over your body um, in a very, very subtle way. So are you going to take it and then all of a sudden feel like a brand new human being? No, but you'll probably take it. And within 30 minutes or so, you're going to feel a little bit at ease. Um, the weight of the world, the racing mind, it's going away. And if you don't feel that, take a little bit more and then maybe the next day don't take it. And You'll either remember that you took it and you had a great day the day before, or the second day you'll be like, oh, man, I didn't take my CBD. Interesting. So when you said, like, wait 30 minutes, it probably kicks in then, or take a little more if you need it. What is the average time? Like, talk about dosage a little bit and time of lifespan. What do you call it? Like, lifespan? What is that word? I know uh, there's a word for half-life it. Half-life. Thank you, half-life. Yeah. I'm like, I know the word life's in there. Yeah. Um, so if we think about quote-unquote dosage, which we don't like to relate it to a drug, but um, inner piece, so because it's a nano-blended product, one drop is technically one milligram. But because it's a nano-blended product, that's like amplified, if you will. So one milligram feels like six to ten milligrams. Um, A good starting amount is about ten milligrams as a more of a micro amount. And so... It's important to know how much CBD is actually in the product that you're taking and 
we do a very good job of explaining that on the box, you know, giving the milligrams per milliliter of either a full spectrum or of CBD, like an inner piece. So 10 milligrams is a good place to start is what you're saying. Mm -hmm. And so talk about, this is what you're talking about. You hear a lot of people saying microdosing now. So this is Mm -hmm. kind of what you're talking about. Yeah. 10 milligrams is a great place to start. And then in terms of how long does it last, that's going to vary just based on how you metabolize things. Uh, your body mass index, your activity level, you know, whether you've eaten before, how soon it's been, you know, all of those factors play into that. But within 30 minutes to an hour, you should, you should feel something. And then is there like an average of how long or no, you can't even give an average. It's just so different for everyone. Just so individual. And then how, and do you, there has been just such like a mass hysteria about CBD lately. Like we were talking earlier, Nicole was saying, I mean, you walk into a drugstore and you see CBD products you just see it everywhere. What do you think has contributed to all of a sudden kind of just this explosion? Um, I think it's a few things. When I think first off that the power of CBD, we haven't really had an ingredient, if you will, come along that was as effective as what we've been able to extract from the cannabis plant um, in CBD. And when we find something that's you know, another powerful substance, if you will, that we can put into our bodies and make us better humans, then it is a craze. You know, if it works, it's a craze. And I think everything in the future will have some form of CBD. Maybe, you know, one of the SKUs in the product line has a CBD additive, even like toothpaste and, you know, everything that we use. Um, So I think that just the effectiveness of CBD in general has contributed to its growth. Hey, I want to let you guys know about a deal that's going on. We have 25% off of our Arizona retreat, which is in Sedona with Sean Dresch Bardwaj. We actually have a podcast with him. If you actually don't know who he is, go check it out because he is incredible. And it's an amazing opportunity to be able to study with him, dig deep with him, go spiritual with him, and Sedona is the perfect place for it. So it's 25% off August 14th, which is coming up around the corner. So go to denretreats.com, five nights in Sedona with Sean Drage, 25% off. See you there. Hey, we get a question all the time. How can I become a teacher? How can I learn more about meditation? I just want to know more. I want to go deeper. I want my practice to be stronger. Our teacher training program has been incredible. Now, look, if you want to be a teacher, this is perfect for you. But also, if you're just craving to have a stronger practice and understand more about everything that it means and signifies and where it comes from, this is the perfect program for you. We offer it in modules so that you can make it flexible if that's what you need for payment or schedule. We're here for you to make it work. Our next one is starting in September. It's with Heather Preet, Hillary Jackendoff, and Chandrish Bardwatch. These teachers are incredible. They are senior teachers at the DEN. Don't miss this opportunity. Go to denteachertraining.com and sign up. Sorry for the interruption, but it is that time again to talk about our next Dentox Live. These are getting bigger, so you've got to reserve your spot. They are so exciting, and you always get so much information about it. I'm really pumped about this next one because it's our very own Jason Moten. It's trans-spiritual, and we were talking about his transgender journey. We are going to dig into this. It's not just about being transgender. It's all about identity. What does that even mean in the spiritual world? How do these two interlink? What does it mean for anyone who's just looking inward and trying to figure out who they are? What does it mean when that gets met with certain expectations? We're going to dive deep. We're going to get into it. Reserve your spot. It's September 7th, Saturday at La Brea. See you there. Can you talk about what I find like super fascinating when people talk about plants is like just how adaptogenic they are. Can you talk to, talk about how CBD, I'm guessing, is also adaptogenic? Because usually when you ask and even you're like, hey, for some people it'll do this for some. So I'm assuming it's also adaptogenic. Yeah. So if we think about CBD working with the endocannabinoid system in the body, we have receptors throughout many different organs, both in our um, central nervous system, but also in like the stomach and the heart and the liver and all of these organs throughout our body and also the skin. Um, So CBD works as more of, if you think of a lock and key approach, right? You have these receptors and CBD fits those receptors, which are the lock. Um, So if you have like anandamide or 2-AG, which are endocannabinoids, if you have those producing and they fit into your body and everything is in balance, then CBD is not necessarily you know, going to make a difference, quote unquote, in your life. But if you have 
an area of imbalance, it's going to seek that out and really fit in to fill that gap, if you will, and bring the body back into homeostasis. But I love that because as we all know, like your body changes every day and needs different things. Can you talk about, you've talked about before, I heard you talk about that story about the marathon. And what I love about it is, and I want you to say it, is more, it's a use, again, it's a way that I think people still have a very traditional look about why you would use CBD. And I think this was actually really interesting of how it's beneficial in so many ways. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, I think that when we look at um, how we incorporate CBD, it's just, you know, it's something that everyone can benefit from it in some way, right? And we have a lot of days on this earth um, and figuring out how do you become your best self um, it could be the ingredient or the additive that you introduce that really becomes the catalyst to other healthy behaviors. Um, and are you talking about the actual New York Marathon? Um, How did you use CBD? Yeah, so I trained <laughs> from February to November, and I used CBD. I trained with a camelback on when I ran, so 17 miles was like one of our longer runs. And... Really, I put drops into the backpack, into the water. And so Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday were my runs. And I used it in the backpack, and then I'd use it in the bath when I came home. And I would recover so quickly because of it. Um, That's so amazing. But that, to me, is such an interesting use that... I'm sure in like the the field of sports and athletes, is this becoming a more common use, especially like football, where you you know there's a lot of like yeah, banging and they're forced the a lot of trauma, and then they're forced to go back in. Like, does it have anything to do with swelling? I mean, part of me is wondering if if you're recovering so quickly, is it helping with yeah, swelling? Yeah, joints, one hundred percent. It's very controversial in the different leagues, sporting leagues. Um, it's still just hasn't they're using. made it as an approved. Which is yeah. hilarious because the stuff they're doing is so highly illegal and crazy. You think right? they'd at least try it. <laughs> yeah. Performance-enhancing drugs, Adderall in particular, just used throughout all sports. Yeah. I mean, you, you hear these nightmare stories. So, But I love that because I feel like it's such a good example of if you kind of open your mind to it. And like you said, you even said like you hope it, it's, it can also be a springboard to other wellness Thing. Like even that, if people knew, like, hey, this could also help you get through the rough edges of training for a marathon. Like it's yeah. it's really interesting how it can push you to do other things. It's like a little cushion. It really is. I mean, it is something that I don't think we think about up until like the past couple of years. We're not, you know, looking for something. We're just kind of powering through our lives. And I would encourage everybody. I think everybody should try CBD in their lifetime. Not because I'm in the industry, but because it's really <laughs> changed my life. And from the community that we've built, I mean, we get feedback every day. That's just incredible and completely, like, heartwarming. And Well, two questions on that. A, what has been the biggest story for you of, like, impact you have had? Mm-hmm. And then what has been the biggest impact it's had on your life? Yeah, so my mom actually was, like the biggest um, skeptic (laughs) and now she's the biggest advocate she probably goes through the keeper stash honey quicker than anyone I've ever seen I need to get that Um, but she actually referred it to one of the neighbors on the street and her husband in St. Louis mm -hmm, in St. Louis and her husband has Alzheimer's and he was very like aggravated and restless and she was having a lot of problems helping him and being patient with him and so they actually both incorporated it into their regimens and now they're doing some research because he's performed better on tests um, in terms of his both his cognitive ability his memory and just his overall demeanor and patience Um, oh my god and so she continues to message me and you know, of course, we don't diagnose treat or cure, but um, <laughs> it, it's really amazing to get like the letter and, and the texts and the messages just from people like that. That it makes my day, makes my life. I know it's cute. You have like a really adorable smile when you actually tell the story. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, it's yeah, everything to me. That's part of why you're doing it. Yeah, one hundred percent. And so, what about for you? Where have you felt it have the biggest impact on your life? Um, taking it personally. I I mean, training from the marathon, it allowed me to get through a very challenging year of my life, but also a very amazing year. 
and I accomplished more last year than I have in my 33 years of being here on this earth. Wow. So all this, you ran the marathon last, so it was last year. Wow, you did a lot. Launched a company, moved to West Hollywood, ran a marathon. Which marathon? Was it New York? New York, yeah. So you went back. Yeah. So now February is here again, and I'm like, hmm. Should I run again? So do you run? Are you a runner now? Or did you kind of like hang up the shoes after you did it? You know, after I finished it, I was like, let me just hang up these shoes. I and then break. like a week later, I was like, maybe I'll become an ultra marathon runner. <laughs> and now I'm like, okay, I needed a break. But now I'm ready to get back into training. I think training is great for the mind. Especially with everything you have going on. Yes. I'm sure being out there a little solitary is probably really nice for you. Do you train by yourself or? Yeah. I was trained by myself. Yeah. I trained last year with my friend Jessica. She actually was the one who asked me to run. And it was crazy because the way that you enter the race, you either enter the raffle or you um, you have to fundraise. And so if you enter the raffle and get drawn and you get chosen, you just have to pay like three hundred dollars or something like that. And if you don't get chosen in the raffle, you have to fundraise like three thousand dollars. So she's like, please do it with me. So we enter, both enter the raffle. I get drawn in the raffle. She has to fundraise. So I'm like, I'll help you, I promise. <laughs> what did you guys fundraise for? Um, we Girl Up, which was like a girl empowerment um, foundation. Well, speaking of that, do you find that women and men use CBD differently? Or is there a different acceptance of it from either sex? Um you know, our community is primarily women, but I think it's more of just like the wellness community in general and who we target and who we, you know, who I vibe with. And, um, but no, I think it's across the board. I find that women purchase for their husbands or their significant others, which women make 85% of the healthcare decisions in the family. So if you would take this as a healthcare decision, it would be at the women's, you know. Is there an age, like obviously, if there's THC, it's a whole different thing. But if it's just CBD, how young can you be when you start? Like, you know we what say I mean? 18. I mean, across the board, it's 18's the number, you know, whether that's in a coffee shop or in a skincare, you know, spa. Right. And that's more so just liability purposes. Yeah, I was going to say that makes sense for liability, but. Is there really an issue if you're... I know you can't say that. You probably can't answer yeah. that question. <laughs> I'll let you keep going with that one. <laughs> I, was, I mean, it feels like if it's natural, there's probably not an issue. But yes, we won't yeah. talk about that on... You can tell me later. Okay, okay. <laughs> Do you feel like people come to you for miracles? Like they want miracles? Um, yeah, I think the first thing out of people's mouth is usually, you know, can you help me with Thanks. X? And yeah. it's usually a medical issue. But when we really dive down into it, it's there's something deeper that's probably going on in the body or in the mind and that it's emerging as that medical condition. So I think if we kind of peel back the layers, we find that CBD can help them aside from, you know, the psoriasis or the the anxiety and things like that. Where do you feel like, you were saying earlier about um, it's important for you to know how much CBD is mm-hmm. in your product. And mm-hmm. what else when people are buying products? I mean, whether it's yours or someone else's, should be people be looking for? Like, how can yeah. someone educate themselves about what they're about to ingest? Well, so we do have a blog post that has a checklist of what you should look for in your ingredients um, or in your CBD products. And lab testing is the first one. Um, making sure that you know the cannabinoid and terpene profile, whether there's residual solvents, heavy metals, microbials, that list of lab testing, which is my background. Um, and then the lab test actually tells you how much CBD is in the product. So you should be able to, if it's a full-spectrum hemp extract, you should see the cannabinoid profile and be able to take that percentage and calculate how much CBD is in that product. And then second is knowing the ingredients. Um, Are there any filler ingredients or synthetic flavors or, you know, every ingredient should make sense. Um, Shouldn't be a ton of preservatives, if any. And you know, knowing, knowing what those are, just so you're not putting anything else harmful after you get through a clean cannabis or CBD product, you know, what does the rest of the ingredients look like? And you say you're a plant-based company. What does that mean since it does come from a plant? So what does that mean beyond that? Just nothing else added, it would ever be from anything but plant. Yeah. I mean, I think that plant-based in, in my experience, I was vegan for about three years. So I think that plants over animals are very good in just in my experience. Um, plant-based from Llewellyn's, yeah, we take all 
botanicals, everything's natural, no synthetics, parabens, sulfates, the whole <laughs> list of chemicals, none of that. Um, but also I want to formulate other products with mushrooms and with, um, you know, just all different kinds of plants and fungi and, you know. Do you feel like just being in this space has just opened your mind to like plants in a different way? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's always science for me. So effectiveness and lab testing and formulating, like I love that side of things and knowing what I'm creating at a very deep level and then being able to kind of spin that from a marketing and design perspective and get people to understand it and really buy into it. Do your sisters, what are, what are your sisters do? Oh my gosh. My older sister's an electrical engineer. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, and then my younger sister is a stay-at-home mom but was an accountant. And then the youngest one is in HR. So you really are like so different. It's so fascinating. So different, yeah. Do they all do CBD? Do they take it? Uh, my two younger ones do, yes. <laughs> <laughs> you haven't yet convinced the older one. The older one kind of beats to her own drum like me, and she's very, very analytical. Um, and she's busy. She's busy. She probably could benefit the most. I was going to say, and she's the engineer, right? Yeah, she's the engineer. That's tough. Yeah. So talk about if you have advice for people about how to either find your pa- passion or follow your passion, because, I mean, clearly, like you said, you beat to your own drum too, and you knew very early you wanted to get out. And I'm going to assume you had to make that happen. It wasn't just like, okay, and I'm going to go do this. So talk about that. Like, what does it mean to even get in touch with what your passion is and how to make it happen? Yeah, I think that we just need to keep asking ourselves every day or like dedicate time every week to ask yourselves what you want out of this life. And are you doing what you were put on this earth to do? And if you keep asking yourself that, you're really creating that moment of pause and able to turn inward and find the answer to that question. And I would probably do that in silence, not with <laughs> someone else. <laughs> do you do that often? Do you feel like you still are introspective that way? Like, do you take your moments of pause? Definitely. Even with running the company and creating it and with everything going on, you still take your moments of pause? Yeah, starting my day writing down three things that I'm grateful for. Um, I've done that for a year and four months now. Oh, wow. And that's changed my outlook, but it's also changed the way that I manifest things. Why Um, do you think that has changed the way you manifest things? And talk about that. Like, how have you noticed the difference? So when I write something that I'm grateful for, I always do something in the present. But if there's something that I want to draw in, um, writing it on paper is actually a way of, like, putting that spell, if you will, out into the world. I like that you're witchy. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Kind of putting that energy out there. And I don't, I, I never, um, in words, when I'm speaking about something that I know that I can execute on the vision, so, but I never want to get ahead of the world, if you will. So I never say when that happens. I still say if that happens. But in my mind, I know that that's going to happen. I actually, that's really interesting because if, if people were doing like a traditional like manifestation class, a lot of times they're all like, you know, you have to say when it, and you'll hear like people correct me all the time. I'll say something like when, and I'm like, all right, but I'm like you. It's like, it goes back a little bit to the beginning of our conversation where I almost don't feel comfortable talking about something until it happens because it feels like it's bullshit. Now it doesn't mean that in my head, I'm not already picturing it and figuring out how to make it happen and what I, like my vision, like you said, how I see it. But it is a weird word choice. But I know people with manifestation would usually disagree with you and say, no, you have to talk about it as if it's happened or it's going to happen. So I I do it more like you do. It's interesting. There's an energy in in a flow of the world. And every day that we wake up, we're moving and vibing with something. So I never like to get ahead of that because then... We will find ourselves lost. We who knows what's what's on the other side of that. If that makes sense, yeah, it, it makes sense to me. But I want to dive in a little bit so it makes sense to everybody else. So when you you wake up, you, there is there's an energy, no matter how you slice it, and you can either flow with it or you can go against it. So talk about times when you've woken up and do you that you're going against it. Whether is it something you feel right away or is it something you're doing? Is it an action? Yeah, I would say I have made decisions like for example you stay at a job too long because of the money and every day you wake up and you know that you're going to the job because of the money 
And, you know, I think so many people do that. And I was guilty of that. Yeah, absolutely. At some point, like little by little, though, you chip away at not going against that. You're like, I know that that's where I'm supposed to be. You acknowledge it. You realize that you're going against that energy. And then you start to make progress in another area of life. And then pretty soon that flow catches up and almost like drifts you off into your dream life, (laughs) your passion. So talk about, like you said, so now you wake up and you write three things down that you're grateful for. How has that, because it sounds like you've always, especially with everything you've gone through, have kind of had this like magical perspective on life a little bit and positive, but what has that act actually changed for you? Yeah, I think that I do that um, because when I thought of journaling, I don't know how many journals I've started and I've written like two pages. I'm like, Oh my gosh, I'm, what do I write today? You know? So I really, I love writing as an introvert. I love typing and writing. And so the three things that I was grateful for, it just became something that was extremely easy. I could wake up out of bed. I could hear a bird chirping and write a chirping bird or, you know, the sun coming in the window you know, little, little things that didn't require a lot of thought, but that started increasing my awareness. And I would say that that's probably the biggest thing is just to become more aware and to start pausing and having to look around and say like, today, what am I grateful for? Yeah. And when you say like, then you're in flow, like how have you, have you felt the difference like in your business? Do you feel? Yeah. Every decision that I make is now an intuition flow. Like, I, if I need to put on the accelerator, I do. I definitely can do that. But historically in my career, you could look at me and you could be like, oh, man, she's worn out. And I could look at myself in the mirror and see, like, I wasn't healthy. And now when I'm operating in in the intuitive, the flow, um, I'm just overall a happier, better person. How is there any advice to give people on how you can be acting within the intuitive, like especially in a business? Like, what does that mean for someone? Like, how can they make decisions from that place? How do they know the difference? Hmm. Listen, <laughs> just listen. I think um, a lot of people just they like to talk. They don't feel. They like to share what they think. And when you listen, you are able to take in other people's feelings and you are able to see their perspective. And maybe it's better than yours, you know. Um, So I think when we start listening and introducing pause, then we're able to operate from a, a place of awareness and intuition. Amazing. Let's do your four years. This is such a fascinating conversation. (laughs) Thank you. I mean, I feel like we've covered so much. Four years, so four quick takeaways for the audience. What's your favorite book? So I love two books. I, well, actually three, darn. That's okay. I love reading about entrepreneurs. No, (laughs) I can see that about you. So I love um, Creativity Inc., which is at Ed Catmull's Pixar Pixar book. Um, I love Shoe Dog, which is the story of Nike. And I love uh, the Steve Jobs bio. I haven't read the Nike one. I hear it's amazing. It's amazing. I've heard it's fantastic. Mm -hmm. Current obsession. Um, CBD. Fair enough. When so today? When did you take CBD? In my coffee in the morning. And then that's it. Do you think you're going to take it another time today? No. And I actually put it on my skin. Oh right, you say you do that with your face, right? Food, drink, object you cannot live without. Mm, My latte, oat milk. Oat milk. Yeah. And then, do you make it yourself, or do you go get it? No, I usually go to Fred's, Fred Siegel's Cafe in the morning. Like she already has a routine. She's only been here for a little bit, but yeah, I like it. Yeah. Um, what's the first thing you do when you wake up? What is it your yeah, gratitude? Your my three, gratitude, yeah. yeah. So if you could give one piece of advice to people, like, or how about this? Let's take it a little differently because we've talked a lot about entrepreneurship. Let's let's dive a little bit into, you know, you've it's been tough with your husband. If you could if you saw someone else in a position like that, really struggling, what's one piece of advice you can give them? Don't forget that you matter. Um, You know, I'm a very selfless person in that, like a giver. And but sometimes that's to a fault. 
And I think that we all need our moments to recharge and reconnect and figure out who he, who we are. And in a relationship or in a friendship, whatever it may be, oftentimes we lose ourselves. And I'm very, I was very guilty of that. And I almost didn't know who I was anymore. And so I needed to refocus on and ask myself, who am I? What do I like? What do I like to do? And I get at that compromise and, um, you know, giving and partnering is essential in a marriage and in a relationship, but you are equally as important as a unique individual. Absolutely. And you can only be strong for someone if you feel strong. Yes. And yes. I can imagine how hard that is. Yes. Thank you for being so open and vulnerable. And I mean, you are really an inspiration on so many Thank fronts. You. And you. her product is amazing, Mo Ellen's, and all our information. Do you want to tell people where they can find it and how they can? Yeah, we're on social media at Mo Ellen's, M-O-W-E-L-L-E-N-S, and moellens.com. And then personally, I'm at Living Duncan. I love that. Living Duncan, that's so yeah. adorable. Thank you so much. Thank I really you. appreciate it. Yeah, great. I, I, it's such a pleasure. Thank you. And she will be doing her personal practice, so don't go away. So now Amy's going to lead us in her personal practice, which is a quote or mantra that she lives by. I like the quote and mantra that I say in order to step into who I want to be and who I believe I am in this world. And so my mantra is... I am important and valuable to this world, and with persistence, I will live out my purpose. Ten Talks podcast would not exist without these incredible people, Nicole Rappi, Reem Edon, Hayden Fungheiser, Kim Bielek, and music by Alex Fetter. Thanks for joining us. If you haven't subscribed, please do. And also wherever you listen, please go and leave us a review. It's so greatly appreciated. It really does help us out. If you want to keep talking about all this stuff, please join our community on our secret Facebook page. Go to Facebook, search Den Talks Podcast, and join us there.